Since 1998, Stamps.com has been an indispensable tool for nearly 1 million businesses. Stamps.com brings the services of the U.S. Post Office and Postal Office is what it says. You think Post Office is fine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think they'll let that slide. There's posts and postal and postage. Absolutely. And UPS shipping right to your computer, whether you're an office sending invoices, a side hustle Etsy shop, don't tell your office about that, or a full-blown warehouse shipping out orders, Stamps.com will make your life easier. All you need is a computer, which presumably you have, and a standard printer, no special supplies or equipment. Within minutes, you're up and running printing official postage for any letter, any package, anywhere you want to send, and you'll get exclusive discounts on postage and shipping from USPS and UPS. Once your mail is ready, just schedule a pickup or drop it off. No traffic. No, well, there, if you're dropping it off, there might be traffic, but you could plan ahead of that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think, I think Don't go when there's traffic and then go, you said no traffic. You know when there's traffic in yeah, your area. Yeah, we, we all have to have something. It's not on us. Stamps.com makes things great. I don't know where you live. But, like, you're not a child. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. And if you're a child, you don't have much to post. No. Or ship. No, you'd like to get mail. You but have you a, won't, a side what? Etsy hustle child? I don't think so. Cut the confusion out of shipping, which we clearly just did. With Stamps.com's new Rate Advisor tool, you can compare shipping rates and timelines to easily find the best option. Save time and money with Stamps.com. There's no risk. And with my promo code, POD, what's your promo code? Oh, right, you don't have one. No, you don't have one. My promo code POD, P-O-D, you get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to Stamps.com. Click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in POD, P-O-D, that's stamps.com, promo code P-O-D, stamps.com. Never go to the post office again. This weekend of the box office, ghosts and non-ghosts alike filled theaters to prove there is indeed life after death. Plus, tis the season for some screenings as we begin our second year of holiday flicks with the creepiest, kookiest, most mysterious, and spookiest Thanksgiving film of them all on this the 176th episode of What's in the Box Office. Hello everyone and welcome to What's in the Box Office, your weekly look at movies and the money they make. Each week we pour over the weekend's box office returns and tell you what we think they mean for the industry at large. I'm your host, Brian. And I'm your host, Noah. And since there's no way they're listening anymore, do you think they're going to accept that ad? <laughs> Why wouldn't they? I don't know. Maybe they're humorless? No. Rigid? Our sponsors? Uh, that's Please. a good point. We pick the funniest sponsors Absolutely. to let us to let them sponsor us. Yeah. They, would just, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't gel with us because we're so funny and they're so funny. Uh, speaking of humor... How would you like a uh, top five that used to be? <laughs> yes, yes. See, this used to be a transition yes, so into our true. discussion of film. But now it's going to be a transition into our discussion of Thanksgiving side dishes. Tis the season, baby. Okay, I will have like four. I will have three of my own. I'm not a big okay. Thanksgiving guy. All right, that's fine. And these are traditional or are these are the, the ones that your family makes because they like to cook? Uh, well, these are all uh, these are all drawn from tradition. You're not going to find like in the past. I've made a vegetable lasagna to serve as a side on Thanksgiving. Wonderful dish. I'm that sure. kind of thing is not included. Right. I uh, really, really good though. Do you use ricotta? I I don't recall in the veggie lasagna. You don't I don't ricotta. I don't think so, but maybe. Ricotta. It could be done without. Okay. It's primarily a uh, mushroom duck cell mushroom. and a charred Brussels sprout. Mushroom duck, but it's a vegetarian. Indeed. 
quack, but quack. you mushroom duck. <laughs> a duck cell is uh, when you it's finally It's a drawing chop... of a duck that the original <laughs> animators made. Yeah, but it's blue because tails. they've never seen a blue duck. What is that from? Billy Madison. Thank you. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Anyway, number five is cranberry sauce. This is a, I will I will accept the canned version, whatever whatever one How likes. How humbling of you! How thank you for stooping to everyone's level. I, is this all you have? I suppose it'll do. It's not. I mean, if it's all you have, that's uh, cowardice. Cranberry sauce is easy. Wow! But if it's what you like. Millions of families do it because they like it, because it's cheap, and they don't have time because they're running a busy household. You're calling them cowards. No, it's none of those things that you said were, it's all we have. If if you if you like it, great. But a lot of people love the can, the can sauce. Working families, cowards <laughs> to you. <laughs> Well, that's neither here nor there. I, I, I personally prefer a uh, a homemade sauce. It's very easy to do. Really amplifies the turkey. The turkey often one of the weaker parts of the meal. Well, it's dry. But it's 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 often dry. Yeah. Uh, cranberry sauce is delicious. Goes wet. really well. It's wet. Yes, and wet and dry like uh, you know peas in a pod. Who wins out there? Uh, wet. Water is the strongest force on earth. Oh my. Yeah. By, by a wide margin. So the nothing. ocean could take on the sun. Yeah. I mean, on... Could extinguish the On sun. the same scale, sure. I'd love to see that in some kind of Roland Emmerich movie. Just the Earth being like, you know, we gotta destroy the sun, it's gonna blow us up, and they just... <laughs> chuck the ocean at the sun. <laughs> I, the problem is that the ocean is so much smaller than the sun... That would be like throwing a uh, throwing like a cup of water at the towering inferno, but if you had uh, that scale, really, I think so. Yeah, Good lord, the sun's quite big. It's I know ocean's it's been, enormous and deep. You're terrified of it. The, think of how big the sun is compared to the earth. I'm, you know those things they say like if Earth was like a marble, uh, the sun would my be the earth. Folk tune. And then <laughs> if Earth wasn't. This is. Uh, <laughs> I gotta tell you. Hang on one second. Yeah. I I feel like we're in a great groove. We're yeah. excited about our new mics. Th- Thanksgiving is the season of indulgence. Stop bringing it back to the point. I I I'm really enjoying this group. I feel like we have a really loose flow. It's fun. I think it's pretty funny so far. It's way too late to be doing this kind of thing. And I blame myself, but I'm having a good time. I might keep doing it. All right. Continue with your side dishes. Uh, anyway. Number Fancy f- cranberry sauce. Yes, cranberry number sauce one. makes the turkey better. Number four uh, really could be any sort of vegetable dish. There's a myriad options. I chose roasted Brussels sprouts as my stand-in for the vegetable. Oh, I do love Brussels but sprouts. They smell better. They, they don't have to. Uh, I think when they're cooked well, they smell quite good. And they taste quite good. A roasted Brussels sprout, perhaps with a uh, a little bit of a glaze. You know, it's get one some... thing you haven't convinced me on. I don't even think I've had a Brussels sprout you've made. All right. Well, uh, uh, we'll we'll keep that in the hopper for uh, later because a uh, a proper application, very good. Uh, also went in that veggie lasagna, uh, charred and shredded, very fun. Uh, but yeah, I love a fun. love a vegetable roasted Brussels sprout, one of my favorites. Uh, number three, number three and two, I cheated a little bit. Because uh, I went with the same type of food in two different applications. Number three, mashed potatoes. Uh-huh. A classic, an icon, uh, accepts gravy, excellent on their own, uh, but not necessarily my favorite application of potato. Uh, I prefer, if given a choice, a scalloped potato. 
Sure. I uh, arranged in a baking dish. Do you, you you know scalloped potatoes on yes. top of your head? Yes. Yeah. I, I no, my family's never made them, but yes. Sure. I. My family's very made all the sales. They're very lazy on Thanksgiving. <laughs> well, my, people have their traditions, and that's fine. My tradition uh, is gorgeous, whatever. Yeah, and that's also fine. It's not. I uh, don't like it. All right. Uh, I'm just. I'm not. I'm trying not to try not to rain on the parade. <sighs> but uh, you not liking it is a tradition of your own, and that's fine. I. Uh, Scalloped potatoes are great. They're uh, creamy, cheesy. Uh, if you add in, uh, add throw in like some mushrooms mushroom or uh, some like garlic, garlic in the cream, in. outstanding. Uh, you get crispy edges. Truly, crispy. I think the pinnacle of potatoes. That's the best a potato can be. Yeah, maybe a, a perfect French fry is a. Who's the perfect human being? Lord, uh, Lord is the Lord. all right. So scalloped potatoes are the Lord of potatoes. So then, like, like um, oh man, oh man. So like Becky G, and you can look her up later, is like I don't want to throw shade at Becky G, but like okay. So all right, great. Lord's the well. Here's here's potatoes. what we'll do. Lord is uh, Lord is scalloped potatoes. Billy Eilish is mashed potatoes. Really good. But has a, not, has a lot going no on. Lord. But it's just like, it's the same thing, but not quite. Who's French fries? <laughs> I... Dua Lipa, maybe? <laughs> Who's to say? I don't think you can back that up. <laughs> no, I cannot. But I can <laughs> tell you my number one is corn pudding. You ever have corn pudding? What? That's your number one yes. corn? No, I, of course I... I just said my family doesn't do Thanksgiving well. It's a, it's a, it's a, I don't know how regular a thing it is, but I've had it at different, uh, different gatherings of people, so I know it's for not Thanksgiving. Just, yeah, I. And they were either related to you or related to your girlfriend. I. So you've really been to like the same house four times. <laughs> They're I, similar I, people with similar tastes. I, no, I don't know that I'd go that. All far. right, fine. I. Anyway, corn pudding. Imagine a uh, a dish of cornbread, except more custardy. Yeah, more, I feel like uh, I may have had this before. It, it's outstanding. Yeah, it's 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 truly my favorite. Okay, uh, something I had as a child and then not for many years, and then decided to make for myself a couple years ago. Uh, at like I I made it for the Thanksgiving gathering. I, 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 I followed. Mom. I didn't just like make something for dinner. I followed. I uh, and was. Just truly outstanding. Very easy to do. Uh, is my favorite thing. My five would be... Oh, God. I don't even know what they serve. Let's just go with the, the staples. Um, at the bottom is... Like... Uh, asparagus isn't really strong. Uh, all right. So then... Uh, uh, cranberry sauce. Sweet potatoes. Mashed potatoes. And then number one... Whipped cream. Love it. Love whipped cream. Uh, it's great on its own. It's great with food. It's the side dish. This. It's a side dish of Thanksgiving. It's on the pie. Yeah, it's a, it's a side dish to dessert. It counts. I think that's great. Yeah. Does your family do the uh, marshmallows on the sweet potato Yes, my thing? mom makes them. And I know that you don't like it. You don't care for it. That's how my mom makes I would, them. I would never besmirch your mother on this podcast. Uh, <laughs> on this podcast, turn this box off. She's going to hear about it. Let's, I mean, I'm not going to go at her directly. I do have thoughts on the marshmallow. We're going to cut this, and you're going to be like, if Pam fuck... And then it's just going to cut. Yeah. Anyway, it is late. Would you like to get into the actual top five? Eh. 
Ghostbusters Afterlife opened at number one with $44 million. Oh, you that. believe that shit? $44 Is that your first time seeing that number? Uh, well, not like just now. I okay. opened this page. So when uh, we talked, I was like, 40 is like the ceiling. Right, I hadn't seen that. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and then, yeah. Apparently it's not. They yeah. broke through the fucking ceiling yeah. like a brontosaurus yeah. in a house. Uh, number two was Eternals that made $11 million. That was a 58.7% drop. That's up to 136. Clifford the Big Red Dog came in at number three with 8.1. It was a 52, 51.2, pardon me, Whoa. percent drop. That is up to $33.5 million. King Richard opened at four with $5.4 million. Uh, I don't need to say that that is at $5.4 million. Number five was Dune. Made 3.1, a 42.7% drop. It's up to 98.3. Our feature presentation is Ghostbusters Afterlife. Made 44 million dollars uh beating industry expectations of 30 to 35 and after uh the thursday friday previews the 40 million we were projecting just kept climbing that uh mountain there's a mountain in the movie climbing the mountain yes um some things to note first of all great opening for this movie the the trailers made it seem especially does whatever there didn't seem to be a whole lot of buzz going into it Mm mm-hmm uh, into this weekend, they tried to reboot Ghostbusters before with Paul Feig's answer to the call in 2016. That actually opened up more than this, but cost way more money. I think that costs upwards of 150. This costs 75. Much better, which is very good. Um, and so this is an unmitigated win, whereas the last one was cautiously optimistic. It, it the Last Ghostbusters made 120 domestic. It was the highest-grossing live-action comedy that year. Was a success, just not uh, compared to its budgets. We never got the sequel, hence this movie. Um, but this is above expectations, and it really shows, um, I think, the power of uh, this brand. It also played to a movie that didn't have to appeal to Ghostbuster fans, which is nice. Sure. Um, and uh, and played great with families. Here's a great example of that. The Friday number was sixteen point uh, five million dollars, right? And what right. do we know about Friday numbers? Uh, they come after Thursday numbers. No, they. Uh, God, is it that they often peak on Fridays? Well, Friday numbers include the Thursday. Oh, previews. that's right. That's what we know. So they're we, inflated, we which is why on Saturdays the number is always dip right, because okay. Friday technically had. Okay. 7 p.m. to midnight showings. So I was half to three quarters you were, right. You were, you were getting to my second point early. Yes. Yeah, so the Friday was 16 and a half. Ghostbusters um, Afterlife made on Saturday 16.1 million, which is not only a minuscule drop, but more than it actually made on, uh, God, what do we call it? Um, Friday? No, but it's like pure Friday gross. Like okay. just what it made on Friday, not including Thursday. Sure. That's more on Friday. So Good it actually, Friday. So it actually jumped up. Apparently 33% of the tickets sold for it were before 4 p.m. on Saturday, which in- indicates good family business. Mm-hmm. Uh, word of mouth is great. Um, and then on Sunday it, it did dip, but $44 million heading into Thanksgiving weekend because the best time to open a movie is... The week before a holiday. Correct. The second weekend is going to be a small drop, especially with kids being off of school Wednesday and Thursday and Friday leading into the weekend. Now, it does have stiff competition next weekend in Canto opens. Um, and uh, and plus, you know, not that this is really going to take away from it, but Eternals, Clifford, there's a lot of things targeting the family audience. Plus, kids love tennis. 
And kids, well, apparently not. Um, they didn't know about it. And so, Encanto uh, is going to be big f- uh, competition, but I think this could really hold on and become like the Creed or the Knives Out, not necessarily to that degree, but a movie that opens huge and then really does play throughout the holidays. Um, and we're, we're looking at a total north of $100 million. Next weekend, we'll see if that even looks to be higher. This sure. this could be a pretty big breakout success if, if everything kind of falls. And again, Encanto is one that I thought of like Ghostbusters last week, which is I haven't heard much about it. It doesn't seem like the buzz is that big, and then this happened. Also, which you and I, which we've admitted to in the past, we don't really have an ear, our ear to the ground for kid programming because yeah. they're usually advertising on children's channels and children's shows, which we don't watch. And sure. so apps that kids use, which we don't use. So I don't know how much uh, the word is out there for Encanto. Though I feel like we have seen the Encanto trailer plenty. Yeah, we have. Um, uh, and it should be big. It's getting good, really good reviews. So. Is it? That's nice. Yeah. So it, it, it could be big. It's Disney's 60th animated feature. But Ghostbusters, um, pun intended, could have an afterlife after its opening weekend. We'll see. Also opening this weekend. <laughs> also opening this weekend, King Richard opened in fourth and made 5.4. Just another casualty in Warner Brothers' date and day streaming. You and I talked about this a little bit this weekend, that you don't really think that that would skew the numbers when it's this small. I it, tend... Go ahead. It's not so much that I don't think it would skew the numbers. I know I was I I, ca- I came out as uh, more of a skeptic of this idea earlier on. I have I have largely come to accept that it is true to some degree. Uh, my point more was that when the number is this small, even if it had been unskewed of the HBO Max factor, it's still really bad it seems right like it's not like the hbo max that would account for like 20 million dollars yeah if this it like i i find it unlikely that hbo max is taking more than half of a movie's possible right. business and like i'd probably guess lower than that but that seems like the absolute ceiling and if king richard had opened to 11 million dollars that still seems really low i think we saw a little bit of this a few years ago when tom hanks played uh, mr rogers uh-huh. In Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. And that opened to around 15, 14, 13. Uh-huh. And we were all expecting it to be another Tom Hanks plays a real-life hero, quote-unquote. Sure. Not that he's not a hero, but he didn't save anybody. Um, hit. And it wasn't. And then it did have a leggy run through Thanksgiving. This is even lower than that. Pandemic, yes, skews this number quite a bit. Older moviegoers are the main target audience for this. They're more reluctant to go to the theaters. We know that currently. HBO Max, big thing. And for families, they had Ghostbusters, they had Eternal Dead, Clifford, all made more money this weekend. So there were other choices that were probably more appealing to the children than King Richard. And obviously Star Power just isn't what it used to be. The yeah. Will Smith, we you know, this isn't new for Will Smith. We concussion didn't concussion made about double this over the weekend, but you know, that's during a normal marketplace. Who's to say that if there's a normal marketplace, this probably opens to 10, I would think. Maybe maybe a little less, but uh, it's just not the kind of movie that's going to make money. Apparently, there is a tracking company um, that tracked that... Oh, man, what was the number? A majority of the people that turned on King Richard this weekend uh-huh. finished it 100% without pausing. Okay. Which is the big spin story that media outlets are picking up, yeah. is that, like... It's it's a two hour and like twenty minute movie at home and so many majority of the people watching it did not stop watching it. I I love that as a pivot. 
when sure, they, make a, they make a movie that fails and they're like, does anyone care that we made a good movie? Yeah. No. It's supposed to be good. He'll probably... Nobody s- does. $44 million saw Ghostbusters. He's still in the running for an Oscar nomination and the... Uh, the movie could pick up other nominations elsewhere. This doesn't hurt its Oscar chances, really. Um, but it is a shame, because it's supposed to be good, and movies of its ilk aren't going to get made, and when they don't, and you're like, where'd they go? It's your fucking fault. Go to the yes. movie. In its second weekend, Clifford the Big Red Dog made $8 million. It dropped 51%, 33% total. Yeah, sure, that's a higher drop than what we were expecting, especially considering the good buzz from last weekend. Um, but... Ghostbusters, next week, holiday weekend. That drop is probably going to be small, especially because the number is really small right now. Yes, but unlike in, the dog. Sure. But Encanto and Ghostbusters second weekend is going to feed into the family audience. So uh, we're at $33 million right now. We'll get to over 40 for sure. Uh, north of 45 is a win, and I say in a healthy marketplace, make a, a, a sequel with a hook. Probably, sure. probably Christmas. A big red cat. Sure. Or a big red girl dog. Or Clifford's Big Red Christmas. Oh. Something like that. No, that's all. Not a communist joke? Okay. No, it's not. Red China? All right. Uh, Also... Clifford's Big Red Politics. (laughs) Hey, kids. Um, Clifford's Big Red Hammer and Sickle. We've we've introduced a one big red dog policy. (laughs) In our spotlights, Come On, Come On, uh, Mike Lee's newest critically acclaimed film, opened in 18th place, made $134 million in five theaters, 26889 per theater average. That's the best since February of 2020. Wow. Now, what have I been saying the past few weeks about specialty releases, i.e. Spencer or Belfast? I... Is this about the uh, elderly people? No. Uh, They're going wide right out the gate. Both yes, those, yes, yes, Both yes, those yes. films opened over 900 yes, they theaters. they did not do the, the slow roll. The slow roll where you make a lot on the coast, you boost it up as a success right away because the per theater average is big, and then you roll it out into the other cities that heard. A lot of people are seeing this in L.A. It's finally in Chicago. I need to go, and word spreads that way. That's the, how the, we used to do it. Now, I don't know if it's because of the marketplace or they just feel that there's less in movies in theaters now, so there's a chance Spencer could break out or Belfast could break out, but both those movies opened very wide for what they were, and the per theater average was low, and they're both going to make sub $10 million. I'm not saying Come On, Come On is going to definitely make more, but it's nice to have that number back in on the chart and that's what should be happening and that is going to build buzz for come on come on whether it amounts to anything regardless but it's it's a better sentence or article after opening weekend than spencer makes middling two million dollars sure so well, good for come on come on plus its title is already a plea yeah sure to see it come on please see our movie come on come on and finally no time to die which dropped just 39% despite being on VOD for the past few weeks, um, has 154 and more importantly, $734 million worldwide. And the reason why I bring up that $734 million worldwide is because it's officially bigger. It's always been bigger, but now it's officially passed the $721 million. 734 is bigger than 721 of F9, the Fast Saga. To be the biggest grossing movie of the pandemic era, the biggest Hollywood, I should say, Hollywood film 
of the pandemic era. Um, and uh, uh, certainly the biggest international film uh, as far as Hollywood movies making the most overseas. This is this is it. So uh, Bond is now uh, the biggest. It's on top. That's good. It's a much better movie. It's a much better movie. And that's all I got. All right. Well, then it's time to play everybody's newest newest i don't know the title for this favorite game my agenda just says did it make more or less than question mark well in fact did it make more or less than die hard 2 die hard 2 die hard die hard 2 is it's unclear it's disputed i'll say whether or not the movie is actually called die hard 2 colon die harder or if it's just die hard 2 and that's like a tagline or something mm-hmm. so i'm just going with die hard 2 for the cleanliness okay uh, but I will stipulate that it's perhaps cleaner. it's called Die Hard, or it is cleaner. We all know how to play. I name a movie. You tell me whether it made more or less than Die Hard 2 at the box office. For a bonus point, you can tell me what year the movie came out. Are you ready to play? Yes. Wonderful. Uh, and, of course, Die Hard 2 uh, it does take place on Christmas Eve. Not getting into the broader conversations here. Just saying it has appropriate aspects. Your first film is Sweet Home Alabama. Didn't make more or less than Die Hard 2, Die Harder? Correct. More. Correct. Yeah. It did make more. What am I guessing for the extra point? The year. When did it make 2002. More? Also correct. I forgot that you're a huge Sweet Home Alabama head. Uh, whoops. That's not right. Uh, my numlock got turned off. Can you believe it? Uh, yeah. All right. So two points out of the gate. You knew Sweet Home Alabama cold. Uh, your second film is Julie and Julia. Julie and Julia made. I really want to say that Sweet Home Alabama. That's what the Die Hard Two made like eighty something. Unless that's just the first Die Hard. Uh, this is why I thought it would be fun. So Die Hard Two came out. Can you tell me the year that came out? That came out or no? When did Die Hard Two come out? Yeah, that I, came out. I in the, that came out in like eight ninety, nineteen ninety. 1990, yes. Okay, because that was on the short list for our Blockbuster tournament. Right. So I'm trying to think of where it was, and it was on the lower end, because we ended up picking the third one. So Julie and Julia, I'm going to say that made more. Julie and Julia made less. Uh, like, it's possible, just possible, that you're underselling Die Hard 2 a little I bit. I might be. Julie and Julia came out in 2000 and... 2009. That is correct. You have secured a win uh, despite your underplaying of wrong. Die Hard 2. Yeah, I know. So you have three points so far. You're shooting for oh, three. You've secured more. the win. Yeah, yeah. You've got, you've got your third film, Argo, oh, yet to deal I with. I thought I already <laughs> did three. Uh, more. Argo did make more. Yeah. Yes, Argo. Argo came out in 2012. That's a bingo. Yeah. All right. So. Inglorious Bastards came out in 2009. Just to be clear to the listeners at home, uh, Inglorious Bastards, not part of this game. What did you just say? Oh, that's a bingo. That's right. All right. Yes, I suppose I did quote. uh, And it did come out in 2009. Yeah. No points for that, but uh, well observed. Thank you. Uh, all right, so now I know uh, the first. The first one's always tricky. I got to sort of set a baseline, see where you're easy. at. Oh, right. Well, I know you did. No. Now I have to 
respond in All kind. Right. <laughs> uh, but until then, come and go on from a theater near you, Brian. You ready to go back in time? Yes. All right. So this is going to be one of those weekends uh, where you get the date and you get nothing else. That's fine. Uh, this should be okay. Yeah, I would. Uh, I would think we're looking. Uh, we're in December, not no. December. The see, I saw the word domestic, and I just like D E C in there. No, we're November twenty second through twenty fourth, two thousand thirteen. Two thousand and thirteen. Um. Frozen. No. Hunger Games. Oh, Catching Fire. Yes, Catching Fire. Yeah, yes. uh, part two. Yeah, first one yeah. came out on twelve. Yes. Okay. Yeah, and we 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 spoke of this recently, which is why exactly right. Uh, I was I was I was pretty confident once once you got the movie, yeah. you get the exact number. But yeah, we I, did just talk. We about were talking this. about the Hunger Games, and so I was like, oh, I caught, I caught my eye. This sure. was this was in fact the weekend. Also, uh, when I, whenever I'm doing these, and it's like on a around a holiday weekend, it's very hard. I don't like picking the ones that were holiday weekends in the past. Especially Thanksgiving, because there's like four different iterations of the weekend. Yeah, which and like, by the way, there isn't four different iterations. It's five days. I don't yeah. know what they're like. Do you want the four day? I'm like, no, it the came four out. Four day. Yeah. That, that would mean we're counting just the second day it was released to the fifth. Right. No, no, one to crazy. five. It's five days. Or uh, three. Yeah, it's three days or five. Yeah, I agree. Uh, anyway, yes, Hunger Games Catching Fire. I also do want to bring up, and this is not part of the game because... I saw this. A movie opened in fourth place with seven point nine million dollars. Uh, I guess I could have had you guess that, but that's not part of it. Uh, Let I'm me going... guess what it is. Okay. I want a clue though. Well, see, my the plan of my clue was going to be to read you the description the of the of film. Yeah. Because even after, like, Do I it. I saw the title, I read the thing, I still have keep, no memory of this. Keep movie. nondescripts out. Okay. I. Uh, yeah, let's see how many words no it takes. Let's okay. see how many words it takes. We're going to count the words. An affable underachiever. Stop. Keep going. <laughs> finds out he's fathered 533 children. Stop. Shit. I know exactly the movie you're talking about. Do you? Yeah. It's not called Delivery Man, is it? Of course it is. Okay, great. There was another. What's the one he did with Kevin James that Ron Howard? The Dilemma. Okay. That Ron Howard directed. Uh, That's Vince Vaughn. Colby Smulders Vaughn. might be in it. I don't know. No, but he does. I. Uh, yes, he's. That's based uh, on a true story. That makes sense. Yeah. It's, it's a very specific premise. I. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I saw this movie open fourth called Delivery Man. I was like, huh. Never heard of that. I wonder if it's one of those like Christian movies or something. Sure. Uh, and then Come I clicked on clicked on it. God's the ultimate and delivery it's, man. Yeah, and it's fucking Vince Vaughn fertility going clinic like thing. This on the poster. Yeah, actually, he's know. got his hands in That's pockets right. with it's a shrug. Exactly what he's doing. Uh, and I just I yeah. note no, this doesn't. This is not familiar to me in any That's way. Really funny. And that was pretty surprising. I thought. Uh, end of 2013. All right, Noah Damas, you predicted on, and I looked, went back, December 9th, 2019. Wow. That Ghostbusters Afterlife would eventually open to $38 million. The total is 44. Damn. How do you take, you take that as a loss? Yeah, I think the, because I the think. The close to 45 is tough. The yeah, if, 40 I, is tough. If, it had, if it had stopped at its absolute ceiling of 40, 
then that would have been a win. But yes. I think 44 enters a it new tier. It exceeded expectations. I, I, that was very close. That's tough. Especially because just last week, you predicted that uh, King Richard would outgross. I did. This movie. Which, it, which it did not. Not even close. Not at all. It's an abject failure. It did make more than Ghostbusters Afterlife's uh, Thursday numbers. Ghostbusters Afterlife made... But, like, just barely. Ghostbusters Afterlife made, like, four and a half on Thursday. King Richard made five for the weekend. So, yeah. for that, yeah. Oops. Can't win them all, I you guess. You cannot. All right. Season screenings. Here yes, we go. the holidays. Season two of season screenings, as it were. Uh, we, you know, we did this last year when there was a pandemic. Heard of it. That um, prevented us from having box office numbers, really, to talk about. So we devised a series where we'd pick a movie revolving around a holiday and watch it and discuss it. Um, this year we we, we tried I, I had a really good pun in our emails, uh, which I can't remember right now. It was uh, oh, it was about Jacko Lemon. No, but that was a great <laughs> pun. That was a great pun. It was. No, it was. No, it was um, uh, uh, season screenings, uh, two turtle tubs. Yes, and yes, we would yes, watch yes. John Turtletop the National Treasure movies probably. Yeah. Um, and then Plus I thought, and then I thought, is there a way? You really took to that, so I was like, oh, is there a way we could just make movie puns on all of the twelve days of Christmas and not really, or not that we were going to put that effort into? So, I went back to the well, a good well. Yeah. A, a well that you'd be happy to drink out of. Um, and so we are back to revolving around holidays this week. Is Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving's yes. in a few days, so season screenings, we're kicking off once again with Thanksgiving. We're watching a Thanksgiving classic, Adam's Family Values, a movie so good it bombed because nobody liked the first one. Is that true? First, Adam's Family made $120 million in 1990. In 1991, and everyone was like, holy shit. People are going crazy. It might have made more than that. Okay. People are going crazy for these Adamses. We got to make a sequel. Well, they did, and they made it a lot better. Is the first Adam Family not good? No, it's not good really at all. It has oh. it has its moments. Everyone's kind of good in it, um, but there's no real plot, and the plot's okay. really lame. It involves Uncle Fester showing back up, but it turns out that he is a con man pretending to be Uncle Fester to steal their money that's in like the vault of the Adam's Family Mansion. Okay. Turns out it is Uncle Fester. He has amnesia. And so he joins the family. He's played by Christopher Lloyd, which yeah, is why he's in this one. Got it. So it's not very good. There's moments in it. Raul Julian and Angel Houston wanted to fuck each other's great and stuff. And Wednesdays obviously became a fan favorite. But it made $113 million, almost $200 million worldwide in 1991, $24 million budget. So sequel was going to happen. And they made a better movie. Everyone agreed. Critics agreed. Turns out audiences... They didn't care. They're fickle. It's what, it's what Mendelssohn now calls a Tomb Raider trap, where the first one... It makes a lot of money, but it's shitty. Yeah. And so nobody sees a superior sequel. We see this all the time. So, uh, unfortunately, that's what happened. But since then, its reputation has only grown, and it has been indeed viewed upon as an essential Thanksgiving film. It was released November 19th, 1993, almost 30 years ago. How about that? Uh, Directed by Barry Sonnenfeld, written by Paul Rudnick, starring Angelica Houston, Raul Julia, Christopher Lloyd, Christina Ricci, Carol Kane, and Joan Cusack. It has a 77 on Rotten Tomatoes, 61 on Metacritic. 
This was your first time seeing any of the Adams Family films. What did you think of Adams Family Values? I thought it was very <coughs> enjoyable. Uh, we watched it uh, relatively late at night and after I had just been like awake for a while. And so I will admit to forgetting the reason we were watching it for a while. Because this is not like a a fully Thanksgiving themed movie. It's just, it's got a very uh, Thanksgiving related climax, which, so I'm, it does, it does certainly qualify as a Thanksgiving movie to my mind, but I was just kind of in like a, like a half brain of just like, Oh, this movie's fun. I like this. And then it pivoted to the Thanksgiving stuff. And I was like, Oh, right. <laughs> the podcast. <laughs> I thought it was just like a, like a, like a fun Sunday night thing. Uh, but yeah, really enjoyable. Everyone's quite good. It's just kind of like a series of bits, mostly. Like, there is a plot, but the plot doesn't really matter. It's just kind of like, we're going we're gonna to be with the Morticia and Gomez, and they're, like, they're going to dance, and then we're going to go to summer camp, and the kids are going to be in the sun, and that'll be funny. And it is. Uh, and it's just, it's just a nice movie. I enjoyed it a lot. You know, this isn't a new opinion, but... The Adams are like the most loving family you've ever seen. Like they care about each other deeply, indeed, and about what the other people in the family want or need or care about. Like they're really a beautifully caring family. Um, and so, what I love about this movie is all of the you know it starts with the new baby, which is a great opening scene, uh-huh. um, and uh, and then is about the kids trying to <clears throat> kill the baby. Which the parents are kind of fine with. Um, and them, the parents realizing we need a new nanny, so they bring in Joan Cusack, who is phenomenal in the movie. I agree, yes. Uh, she's great. Turns out she's a murderer who's trying to uh, cheat Fester out of his money. Christopher Lloyd is great. They don't do a whole lot with Angelica Houston or Raul Julia, which is a shame. They had more to do in the first one, but the movie is clearly... The producers were clearly like, oh, this is what we want to do with these characters. Um, and giving the kind of attention they give to Wednesday is such a genius move because Christina Ricci is just perfection in this um, movie and in this franchise. And uh, what about who, – who is your favorite performance? Who stood out? You know, you, I'm sure you've heard, you've, you've heard about Christina Ricci as Wednesday. And sure. so I don't know if you ever, ever even knew Joan Cusack was in this. but. No. What did you take away from the performances? The biggest standout to me uh, was Christopher Lloyd as Fester. Uh, I thought he did a phenomenal job with, like... Sometimes I think it could be hard when you have, like, the broadest role, which he does. It's just a lot of, it's a lot of shouting, a lot of, like, huge mouth movements, uh, and just really, like over-the-top silliness. He reminds me of, because I just watched this, but some like it hot. Jack Lemmon doing okay. that like, <laughs> yeah. laugh that he does. Yeah, in sure. It. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Not Jack Lemmon. Osgood. The the the, the millionaire right, that right, likes right. Jack yeah. Lemmon. But he does that laugh where he goes like, I've read to the yacht. <laughs> yeah. That reminded me a lot of that kind of open sure. mouth gasp. And it can, it can be hard to like really nail mm-hmm. parts like that. And Christopher Lloyd, like obviously, is a uh, a very celebrated actor, so it's not it's not surprising necessarily, but still, uh, he just he I think he's pitch perfect in the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, but yes, Christina Ricci as Wednesday is terrific. Joan Cusack was great. Uh, the 
Raul Julia Angelica Houston dynamic oft celebrated for good reason as yeah. it turns out. Yeah. I uh, I love I love that date scene. I think that's great. Uh when Raul Julia like celebrates all the women and just goes like we're fools to be here in the midst of such great blinding beauty he nudges faster and faster goes yeah we should be with ugly girls yeah yeah <laughs> it's great right very the funny dance stuff. scene that, that that they do is is terrific um i uh, i i love the idea that the baby turning normal is like the worst thing i yeah. like it, it's a cute baby with like blonde hair and and uh, Carol Kane being like, he could be a lawyer. It's like, no, or even president yeah. is like the worst. I won't news. listen. Uh, is is great. The, the him going, we thought long and hard about a name, but we wanted to give him a name that he wouldn't be embarrassed if they could grow with. So meet pubert yeah. is terrific. And yeah, I mean, the Joan Cusack stuff, she's her little speech at the end is wonderful. Um, the whole Rube Goldberg device scene with the baby at the end of where she eventually dies, the baby flying up to the plane. Uh-huh. <laughs> at Waving the, at him. Good yeah, stuff. It's great. And then the, what the camp stuff, the Thanksgiving stuff. I mean, talk about that. Christine Bransky, that play they put on the way that like you get there in the camp is like, they literally in their introduction go like, you know, this is a camp for the privilege. And you're like, Oh, that's funny. And then when he's like explaining what the play is and then going, <laughs> He's saying all the pilgrims are the white blonde children. Yeah. And then all of you will be the Native Americans. And it's all like the outcast, the disabled girl, the black kid. Like, it's just like all the people who aren't like the perfect Aryan child. Yeah. It's very funny. I, I, yeah. And like surprisingly pointed commentary oh, yeah. for the time. Yeah. Uh, you know, that, that truly seemed like a... Not, not only a joke, but, like, the degree to which they took the joke mm-hmm. would come out of a movie made today. Yeah. Uh, that wanted to, you know, skewer the privileged at camp and the rich and all that. And it does a great job and I think kind of, kind of hits a little bit harder because it was a point being made uh, almost 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, you know, obviously wasn't. Like new to anyone at the time, but just not not quite as uh, not quite as loudly spoken of, right? Uh, but yeah, very very uh, very well uh, well put commentary, astute stuff out of Sonnenfeld. I uh, the the play, the play was itself. hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the fucking turkey song was like was like me. catchy shit. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, the the, the turkey song. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, Pugsley going out just going eat me. Yeah. <laughs> uh. That, that whole bit where they have, like, flaming arrows, like, they're lighting the play on fire yeah. is very... Like, they end it with the counselors, like, tied to a spit roast and yeah. just being roasted over an open flame. And we also, don't see them again. Also, the uh, the main girl, who we do see again, yeah. uh, but is, like, burned at the stake. Yeah. And I I thought they killed her. <laughs> like, they they had already killed that stripper earlier at the bachelor party scene and yes, the cake. Right. And so that kind of, that's a great joke, by the way, that he baked the cake with yes. the girl in it. That's a uh, great joke. Though that, that does, that kind of puts you in the mind that like these, these movies They'll get kill. a little dark. Sure. Pe- people can die here. She like, dropped not... the baby off the roof. Yeah. Like, they, they weren't messing around. Yeah. But they keep catching the baby. But like, this but is, Wednesday that... didn't know that is the, is the no, point. yes, that's true. Yeah. But, but the, uh, the the movie, you kind of think, like, well, you know, they pay lip service, like, oh, maiming, murder, it's all yeah. fun. But, like, they're never going to actually do it. Like, they're good guys. Right. Like, no, pe- 
they'll kill. Right. Uh, so I thought perhaps they had killed that little girl. And then, uh, unfortunately, they didn't. Uh, sure. And they, they show can't, her. Can't be that she's dark. on the plane later. But I I thought, like, oh, wow, good good for you guys. I want to. Brutally, read, too. I want to read in front of her parents. I want to read the. Um, there's also that moment where the parents, like, I think it's after they show Wednesday spraying gasoline on the log. Yeah. Where, like, the dad's like, okay. Like, I think, yeah. I think we've let this go on long. But, yeah. It's like, hey, excuse me. <laughs> I beg your pardon. Um, Gomez is at the police station. Yes. With. Uh, Nathan Lane and I just want to read his uh, his bit where he just goes uh, um, I demand justice someone has married my brother and the sergeant goes no and he goes she took him to Hawaii get out of here they moved into a large expensive house where they make love constantly he goes I hate it when that happens arrest her at once without delay who Debbie my brother's wife the temptress of Waikiki who are you what are you who moved to the rock Officer, you must issue a subpoena. I believe they own Gomez. No. A Buick! He screams. <laughs> a Buick. Then he goes, just leave. Leave quietly. Leave now. Don't make me call Ringling Brothers. And Gomez goes, has the planet gone mad? My brother? Passion's hostage? I seek justice. Denied. I shall not submit. I shall conquer. I shall rise. My name is Gomez Adams. And I have seen evil. I have seen horror. I have seen the unholy maggots which feast in their darkest recesses of the human soul. Where Jesse goes, they're at camp. <laughs> I've seen all this, officer, but until today I had never seen you. It's yeah. so funny. Out, it's, out, it's outstanding. And Raul and it's Julia well, crushes it. It's, it's incredibly well performed by Julia. He's and, so good. And Nathan Lane is just like there. Just being Nathan Lane for five minutes. Also... He has my father's eyes. Gomez, take those out of his mouth. Yes. That's the Adams jokes that I love. That's, Absolutely. We don't get that kind of humor anywhere. And it's like, I, I wasn't a fan of the, the I, I watched both these movies for the first time last year or the uh-huh. pandemic. And I never really read the, the, the comic strip or seen the show or anything. Okay. I was going to ask. No. So, so those kind of jokes seem so fresh to me and like funny. Yeah. Uh, which I think is a plus. Um, I used to watch the Adams Family show uh, when it was on, like, Nick at Night and shit. Uh, I, I have no memory of it, really. Like, I don't, I don't recall the tone or the style of humor or anything. I don't know if these movies are, like, a fresh, a fresh kind of take on what the Adams Family can be or if this is just what the Adams Family always has been. And that's... It's it's weird to me how little I remember the show, considering like how much I know that I would have watched it. Right. Because I'm I am familiar with the Adams family, at large. You know, Lurch showed up and I go, oh, it's Lurch, cool. Which I think is only something that an Adams family guy would know. Lurch is a more minor character. Right. I uh, no memory of the show at all. Very strange. Fun um, movie though. It's so fun. I also want to, uh, Gomez visual. This is when they get to camp. He goes, fresh air, the scent of pine. And when Morticia goes, Wednesday, look at all the other children, their freckles, their bright little eyes, their eager, friendly smiles. Help them. Yes. It's great. It's very good. It's, the writing is great. And they like clearly, um, 
I, I feel like the, this was the movie they wanted to make that the studio was like, I don't know if you should do this. But the first one was a hit, so you could do whatever you want. And uh, it's a shame that we didn't get more now that they had like the freeness that people didn't go to see it. But it's certainly a Thanksgiving movie. Absolutely. And uh, it's it's a really fun one. Out of four leftovers, what are you giving Adam's Family Values? Oh, God, out of four. Uh, I'll go three. Three out of four. That's what I would give it as well. Three, three leftovers out of four. And it's currently playing on Paramount+. Plus. Wonderful. Uh, stocking stuffers. So we always do one uh, themed movie and then an episode of a TV show. This week we picked an episode of Gilmore Girls, a deep fried Korean Thanksgiving season three, episode nine. Originally aired November twenty sixth, twenty, not twenty at all. No, two thousand and two. Aired next year. You and I watched Gilmore Girls all the way through before a year in the life came out. Yes. Um, a few years ago, this was in sixteen, maybe. Think sure fifteen, um, and we're big fans of it. I love the show. It's like being inside Warm Bay Cookie. This was very strange jumping back in without knowing, because it is a very like, it's not episodic, right? It has like storylines. Yeah. yeah, they they refer to things that happened yeah. in episode past. It so, is very like dramatic and serialized. And... So it was weird having to pick up cues. But like she's with Jess, but she's hiding it. Well, okay, her mom knows. Yeah. So she's just hiding it. Oh, from 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 Dean. I see. Okay, great. Um, and uh, that was a lot of fun. We also forgot the theme song until it came on, and even now I can't repeat it to you. Uh, all I still get is because it's so similar. Thank you for being a friend. Uh, and also just a G show, Golden Girls, yeah. Gilmore Girls. What did you think of a deep fried Korean Thanksgiving? I, I, I agree that it's strange to drop in on a single episode of Gilmore Girls because as you're watching the show, you kind of just like, you go along for the ride, you're in the world, you're, uh, and so all of everyone's quirks and by everyone, I really mean Lorelai and Rory. Yeah. Like they're great. We, we love them. We want them to succeed. Uh, and we're happy when they do and we're sad when they don't just dropping in on one episode like cold it's been a number of years since i've seen the show uh really highlights the degree to which uh, both of them in their own ways kind of suck Whoa. uh which just like i mean that's that is baked into their characters uh, you know lorelei is very very insecure about rory's relationship with her grandparents and and all of that and rory is uh you know, it's harder to hold it against her because she's still in high school at this point, but is uh, not not super well adjusted, uh, very, very focused on, you know, how do I how do I start this new relationship now that this old relationship has ended? She had that whole scene about like, what will the town think now that I'm dating Jess instead of Dean? Like, how will people take it? And it's kind of like, well, shut up, Rory. Like, you're not like you. You're the star of the show, but like, nah, you don't know that. In your I, in your life, you're just a person. Can I test something on air? Yes. I want to pick up the mic, but I know it'll make noise. I'm going to turn it off. Okay. And they can still hear you. They can still hear me. Brian is talking over there. He's uh, going in, now, going I'm out going into the crowd. The <laughs> He's turning the mic on. I don't Doing think a quick Q and A. Okay, great. Now I can hear. I just wanted to make sure it didn't like cut the mic off for some reason completely. Okay. All right, great. I don't need my computer anymore, so I can just chill. Sounds Go good. Go ahead. I. So yeah, they they're flawed people. 
Yeah. And that's, you know, that is part of making a well-drawn character. I don't mean this as like a criticism of the show necessarily. It was just kind of amusing to me that their flaws are heightened when you've, when you're just watching season three, episode nine. Yeah. And I wonder if it's something to do with Dan Palladino writing the script, but I thought it was a pretty good episode. It was weird how it was like about, we're going to so many different Thanksgivings. And then for two of them, they spent four minutes there. Yes. And I was like, oh, no, this is an episode about you going to your mother's for Thanksgiving, <laughs> not about anybody else. Um, yes. Like, if I... you're, you're going to do that kind of plot that kind of is very sitcom-esque, very, you know, hijinks, then do it. Yes. We got, like, the introductory scene to the first three Thanksgivings, but then, like, they didn't happen. And I did which... find it odd when they cut back to Lane and finished her storyline. I was like... Yeah, okay, but in my mind, it's because, like, I'm looking at this as a one-off special, whereas it's just an episode of their show. Right. Which, to which Lane is a character. Yes, and they are, like, giving Lane a storyline with Dave Rogalski, so, like, sure. But, yeah, I was, as a a Thanksgiving special that we were trying to check in on, I I did find it ultimately a a little disappointing how how much time they didn't spend at these different Thanksgivings. Right. Because this is a, uh, this is a well-tread thing. For many people, I, for many years, uh, have been navigating the multiple Thanksgiving thing. Sure. You know, my, uh, my parents have been uh, have been apart for many years. Uh, Katie's family does their own Thanksgiving. Now, my mom lives in Michigan, so do we, we do. We usually end up doing two in one day and some kind of, like, Thanksgiving-Christmas hybrid with right. my mom. Right. Uh, and there's, yeah, there's a lot to be mined so there. So many. Uh, my I, dad's uh, my dad's dead, and uh, I don't have a loved one. I don't have a significant other, so one house for me. Well, there you go. So I, you know, it is weird because I always describe Gilmore Girls as being inside a warm baked cookie. It's just like yes. good feeling, and there were moments to. in this where I felt that Babette like screaming at Rory. Yes, <laughs> was great, and also their interplay is just, between Rory and Lorelai. It's just so good. Those two are so good with each other. They absolutely are. They make those scattered lines seem normal and spontaneous and um, natural. That it's like incredible. So when they're just like shooting the shit, I believe every second of it. And that really did make me go, oh, that's just so nice to hear the rat-a-tat between them um, again. And so that kind of thing, I, I really was like, this is very nice. Um and everything, but I agree. It's not super Thanksgiving forward, which is fine. It doesn't have to be, sure. but it is interesting that like, you know, the friends Thanksgiving is about Thanksgiving. Yeah. The, the Bob's burgers. We Bob's burgers is always about Thanksgiving. Whereas this is about around Thanksgiving, but not about the holiday. Yeah. I don't think it fully takes advantage right. of the extra drama that Thanksgiving can bring. I agree, but I still had fun watching it because I love those characters and it's a good Kirk episode. It is, yeah. Which we, we don't get a lot of, because he's hit or miss, that guy. Yes, but he has a uh, running thing with a cat, cat that works Kirk. to great effect. Yeah, yes. he's he's very good. Melissa McCarthy's just fun to see her in her old role. Um, all right, Noah, that's it. Uh, recommend a movie for the folks this week slash weekend. All right, so this Thanksgiving weekend. This You're with your family. Yeah, this is not necessarily a family. What do you want people to see with their family? Recommendation. It's also going to be pretty tough for you to come by. Well, no, it's not. It's going to be tough for you to come by in theaters, uh, if it's still in theaters at all. But fortunately, it's also on Netflix. On December first, uh, it is. Oh, unless th- we're talking about different things. I thought I saw it there now. Uh, it's it coming it was, December first. Did it? All right. Well, 
Which is what? which is what? It's a Wednesday, I think. Do you have a? Uh, I'll see if see what I can see. Uh, my phone is on the. That bed. is correct. It is a Wednesday. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so maybe you won't be able to find it right now, but you should be able to find the power of the dog, come December first, apparently. I, uh, outstanding film. Yeah. Best movie of the year so far. Uh, I completely agree. Yeah. Just a, a thoroughly compelling and well drawn world full of complicated characters and a pretty simple but interesting plot. Uh, outstanding performances yeah. uh, across the board. Uh, everything I want a Western to be in some cases. I, queer. Mean, I also I also like when Westerns get like shooty. Everything I want a Western to be. Queer. Yes. It's a very queer movie. It is. It certainly is. Yeah. It's such an interesting take because I didn't know what it was about going into it. Me neither. And so this kind of like take on you know, the queer community of that time and just, just that, that kind of um, desperate need to hide. It was just a very interesting play yeah. on what I thought the movie was going to be. It's gorgeous. Yeah. It's really, really good. Uh, I'm going to go since it's a family holiday and that's next week. I'm going to say, go see King Richard. I haven't seen it, but it should be good for the family. So I just Seems do that. Pleasing. It's supposed to be incredibly crowd pleasing. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and it's just, yeah, it's a, it's a sports movie, yeah. and those are always just kind of good for everyone to one degree or another. Yeah. And it's supposed to be good. It's supposed to be good. Everyone likes Will Smith. I thought. I, and, uh, and yeah, it's sure. I, I co-sign All right. that. Plug us up. All right, you can find us at whatsintheboxoffice.com. We are on Twitter at WitBoxOffice. That is also our Instagram handle. I am on Twitter at Noah Drukey. I'm at Brian Deserver, D-A-S-U-R-B-E-R. Of course, the feed for our podcast. Posh, what is it? Our Poshkosh. Uh, our podcast. Posh, posh, bagosh. Exactly. It can be found anywhere podcasts are found. We are on Spotify. We are on Apple Podcasts. We are on Stitcher. Soon you can uh, find us uh, wrapped underneath the tree. Aw. Hope there's air holes. Ha <laughs> <laughs> Next week, uh, we continue our Thanksgiving celebration with the Thanksgiving film that none of you have heard of called Cretia. Yes. We also... If I recall, and I not to get to put the cart before the horse here, but he's putting the cart before the horse. Begin our Hanukkah celebration. That's right. Hanukkah does start on Sunday, so the episode we are watching, our stocking stuffer, is going to be a Hanukkah uh, TV special. Yes. Um. So uh, I don't know where Krish is. You could try to find it beforehand. Otherwise, have a very happy Turkey Day. Um. Eat a lot. Be thankful, and uh, don't forget. Uh, uh, the indigenous people that are the reason why we're celebrating this holiday uh, in the first place. Um, we'll see you next week. This has been What's in the Box Office. I have been your host, Brian. And I've been your host, Noah. And until then, as Krusty the Clown once said, have a Merry Christmas, a Happy Hanukkah, a Crazy Kwanzaa, a Tip Top Tet, and a Solemn Eventful Ramadan.